Father's house, our prayer is that you will be blessed and strengthened by the power of Jesus Christ. We would like to thank you for joining us today as we study God's Word. Now let's join Pastor Brandon. Is he good, church? He is good. I feel the Spirit of God already. He's in this place. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> I don't even know where to go, but God is good. That's all I know. We need to be learn how to be receptive to what the Spirit of God wants to do. But I believe that the word that's going to be released today is a word in season. I barely just scratched the surface on Wednesday, but I pray this word changes your life and changes overall in reality the body of Christ how many of you are excited for what the Spirit of God is doing in our midst I mean not only here but just overall what he's doing in the world if that doesn't make you excited you need to go talk to Jesus that's all I gotta say I mean we get so used to just going through the motions on a daily basis we get so accustomed of getting up going to work coming home taking care of families and all that stuff, but overall the picture of God's will for the earth should be what excites us. Can I get an amen? amen. Listen, I, I was thinking about coming and preaching prosperity to you and telling you how you believe a $10 offering can suddenly put $100,000 in your bank account, but I decided not to. I decided to release the word of God to you for what God is speaking to, the, to, to his people through the spirit of God, so I want us to be receptive. So open up which I don't mind a prosperity preacher, I wouldn't do it anyways, but still, I'm just trying to make a point that we need to be able to, when we minister to you, we need to be able to ensure that it's a word from God, not just a three-point message that you can put together just to make somebody happy. I'm not here for that. If, that, if I ever get to, down to that point, somebody in leadership, please sit me down. I'll be more than happy to do it. But we need to be able to understand that we go... Before we release the word of God, we go into the secret place and we seek the face of God and we say, Holy Spirit, you're the one who is the comforter. What do you want us to speak to your people today? What is your desire for your church to know? What is heaven saying? Come on. What is heaven saying? What is the father saying? Scripture tells us that it's the Holy Spirit who knows the mind of God. So when we come to prepare a word and the Holy Spirit's not in the equation, it's not going to change you. It's not going to change you. So let's go ahead and just turn to the book of Habakkuk, chapter 1. And I'll just go ahead and read uh, the first four scriptures. Let's just pray real fast. Father, we, just, we thank you for your love and for your mercy. God, we thank you for your grace. Spirit of God, we thank you that it is your desire to abide with your people. Holy Spirit, I ask you to do your work and even now go out into your people and begin to till the heart for the word. Lord, I pray, God, that you give us ears to hear, Father, in the spirit, a mind to comprehend. Holy Spirit, remove every distraction about what's to come in the next hour, God. Yes. You're speaking, Spirit of God. And it's not because I'm anyone special, Lord, I'm as filth. But it is you, Holy Spirit, who desire to speak to the people of God. And I pray, Lord, that you make every way, Lord, that this word may be good seed. Yes. 
in good soil. And God, I ask you to let it produce fruit in abundance, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's start. The oracle which Habakkuk the prophet saw. How long, O Lord, will I call for help? And thou will not hear. I cry out to thee violence, yet thou dost not save. Why dost thou make me see iniquity and cause me to look on wickedness? Yes, destruction and violence are before me. Strife exists and contention arises. Therefore, the law is ignored and justice is never upheld. For the wicked surround the righteous, therefore justice comes out perverted. What we're seeing here, we have a glimpse in Habakkuk chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. We have a glimpse into the prayer life of a prophet. Chapter 1, chapter 2 is a dialogue between the Lord God Almighty and Habakkuk. The thing about what I said on Wednesday, most scholars agree that Habakkuk was a professional prophet in the temple of the Lord because no other prophet that is written in the book in the Bible has, they, they don't name themselves prophet. Some were in the, with the sheep herders, other were priests. Some just say, my name is Isaiah and I, prophet, I, and I saw this on this day and this time. But in this book, we can understand by what Habakkuk is saying that he was a professional prophet prophesying for the Lord. I don't even know where to go, but I heard down. We see that he begins to complain. He begins, he's an intercessor. We know that much. And God, for some reason, has allowed him to see iniquity, to see violence. He, he has, for some reason, allowed him to see how justice never prevails. He has allowed Habakkuk to see how the law is ignored. At that time, the law of God was no longer the standard for Israel. They sought everything else around them. They chased after idols, they chased, they chased after other things. And we see an intercessor that is weary. We see an intercessor that has probably prayed for a long time because his complaint starts off with, how long will I pray? Woo. Listen, scholars agree that scholars agree that we don't have a time frame as to when Habakkuk actually wrote this book, but the fact that he saw the foreshadowing, the vision of the Babylonian Empire coming to power tells us that he was possibly a prophet in the time of King Josiah. I don't know if you study King Josiah, but King Josiah came after King Ammon, who did evil in the sight of the Lord. And Josiah was one of the greatest reformers that Israel has ever encountered. I mean, this, this, this dude did crazy things. He rebuilt the altars of God. He got rid of all the priests of Baal. He brought spiritual renewal to a nation who was full of sin. And when I was downstairs... I began to, to read the scripture and I clearly heard the spirit of God speak to my heart and say, somebody wrote an obituary for the church that I have not approved. Listen, we, we, we tend to come into church and we tend to utilize, to eulogize the church. I don't know if you know what a eulogy is, but it's basically praises for someone who has died. The church used to be this way back in my day. The church used to be that way back in my day. Listen. I began to share on Wednesday, just look back 50 or 60 years and you have some of the greatest men of God who brought spiritual awakening to this nation. Billy Graham, A.A. Allen, Jack Cole, Smith Wigglesworth, Howard Carter, Catherine Coleman, Amy Simple McPherson. I can, the list goes on and on. 
of men and women of God who, who picked up the mantle of the Father and who said, I desire with my heart to bring revival to this nation. Yes. 60 years ago, just 60 years ago, I began to share Wednesday. It was a sin for you to even commit adultery. It was a crime. If you were caught committing adultery, guess what? You went to jail. Yeah. So we can understand that by the fact that he was serving under Josiah, Habakkuk encountered spiritual renewal. He knew what awakening was. He knew what reformation was. This scripture tells us in the book of 2 Kings and in 1 and 2 Chronicles, right after King Josiah died, apparently the nation slipped into spiritual decline. So we, the scholars also agree that Habakkuk served under one of the descendants that did evil in the sight of the Lord of Josiah, and his name was King Jehoiakim. So imagine that you have a man who has experienced awakening, who has experienced revival, who knows what it means for people to cry out to God and suddenly a generation drops the ball and drops the mantle and spiritual decline enters the scene. Frustrated beyond measure. <laughs> Listen, but it doesn't mean that God is that God was done with Israel. <laughs> it did not mean that God's plan for Israel was never going to come to fruition. We need to stop eulogize, eulogizing the church and look forward to the mark for what God is doing in the future. Come on, church. Come on. Nothing catches the Lord by surprise. Nothing catches the Lord by surprise. So he begins to describe everything that he sees. He cries out, violence, iniquity, wickedness, destruction, strife, contention. The wicked surround the righteous, justice, the court system was perverted. Everything that he is witnessing sounds a little bit like America today. We got school shootings almost on a weekly basis now. We, we have right out workplace violence. We have racism and prejudice like it has never seen before. We have militant homosexuality trying to get its claws into anything and everything that has to do with the church. Spiritual decline. I'm not here to be politically correct. I'll gladly wear the term bigot like a badge of honor on my shoulder. Just to speak the word of God. Brandon the bigot, I'm down for it. Come on, church. We got to get to the point where we don't care what we're labeled. I'm going to stand with the truth of God. I'm going to stand with the word of God. Just because I disagree with you doesn't mean that I hate you. But I refuse to let my faith come under attack because I'm trying to just please a certain percentage of the nation. I'm done with it. Let it cost me my job, let it cost me my house, let it cost me my life. I don't care. I am persuaded to contend for awakening in my nation. If anything, that's what God has called me to. That's my sole purpose in this earth. To pray and to intercede and to pray, Father, your will be done and your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I pray that I die praying that prayer. That the last breath that comes out of my heart would be, Lord, let your will be done on this earth. Lord, Lord, if you're taking me now, let, it, let the next generation pick up the mantle of God. Woo! Wickedness 
and evil. How many of you can agree? All you have to do is turn on CNN or Fox News and they begin to shove down negativity down your throat. They begin to shove it down your throat and all of a sudden fear and worry comes upon you where the market ain't doing so well and you begin to worry that your 401k may not be what you thought it was going to be in the next 30 years. You forget that we live by the principles of the kingdom of God that if you seek the kingdom in all its righteousness, everything shall what? Be added on to you. That's the way the enemy sneaks in. Let's fear and worry just overcome you. So just so Habakkuk gets to the Lord and begins to say, you're not listening. I'm crying out. Look what the Lord says in verse five. He says, look among the nations, Habakkuk. Observe. Be astonished. Habakkuk, where is your wonder? Where is your wonder? I need you to wonder, Habakkuk. Because I am doing something in your day. Come on. Come on. If that doesn't excite you, I don't know what will. Come on. Jill began to sing something right now about 10 minutes ago. He should begin to say, the Lord is on the move. The Lord is on the move. I'm doing something in your day. Brandon, I'm doing something in your day, our father's house. Don't worry about it. Just because I'm silent doesn't mean that I'm not aware of what's going on. I mean, when you gather 110 people from all over the nation in California for 16 hours of prayer and fasting, do you think that doesn't get a hold of God in heaven? <laughs> 16 hours of prayer and fasting, you think God's just going to sit back on his throne and not do anything? The Lord is on the move. Pockets of fire all over the world. <laughs> Pockets of fire in Pymel, Kentucky, and we can't even take, we take it for granted. <laughs> Jesus Christ, my Lord. Pockets of fire in South Carolina, we're so quick. And you know what, there's nothing wrong with it. We're so quick to go to bigger name ministries because they have the fire, but you don't recognize what's at home. <laughs> my God. <laughs> you, you'll go, keep on going, keep on going out there, you'll go bankrupt one day from wasting all your money on gas. <laughs> But I say, God wants to do something great here. We're just like, we run to these big name preachers. And you know what? Some of them are legitimate. And I watch some of them. But you know what? We need to be focused on what God can do in this region through us. Listen, there's nothing wrong with watching a big ministry. But why isn't the Parsleys and the T.D. Jakes and the Billy Grahams and the Reiner Barnkeys? Why are they not coming into my county? They're not here. They're not in, in, in Pineville. When's the last time they've come? Come on, Brandon. Somebody tell me when's the last time a big name TBN preacher has crossed into Bell County, Kentucky to hold a revival to save souls? Come on. Come on. Somebody tell me. It's been, I don't think I've ever seen it happen but one time. And that was in Knox County. We sit back and we wait for some big name preacher to bring the kingdom to Bell County when God has called you and me to bring the fire of God to this region. We, we, we're so dependent on somebody else to do the work. Man, you're not ready for this. We're so dependent on somebody else doing the work. When God desires to be on the move, 
You see them in the big cities, Los Angeles and Houston and New York City. But God's looking for the revivalists that worry about Bell County, that worry about the remote locations in West Virginia, that worry about the remote locations in Tennessee. Where are the Appalachian missionaries going out to the mountains, being circuit riders once again, bringing the word of God? Where are they at? We're, we're so used to mainstream Christianity, and that's where our focus is at. But God wants to do something great. God wants to bring revival to this nation and bring awakening to the nation. He said, look amongst the nations and observe. You need to wonder, I am doing something in your day. That's the promise. He begins to release to... He begins to release to Habakkuk his plan that the Babylonians were going to come and were going to destroy the nation. Am I telling you that God's going to bring judgment upon this nation? No, that's not what I'm saying. But if he desired to, would you still pray? Did he not allow it to happen September 11th, 2001? Did the Lord not? Oh, y'all don't like this preaching. Did the Lord not allow it in September 11, 2001? And you know what I remember when that happened? The churches were packed with people who were uncertain of what was going on. I believe with all my heart, James chapter 2, that mercy triumphs over judgment. That's my belief. But God, we don't know. We know that God is trying to do something. Would the fires of revival still burn within your heart if God were to bring judgment upon this nation? Would they? He's, his providence and his sovereignty allows him to do whatever he desires. I'll get to that in just a moment. But listen, I'm not praying. I'm not saying judgment is coming. That's not why I'm not saying thus says Lord judgment is coming because we know that Ammon, the king of Israel, did evil in the sight of the Lord. But the Lord didn't bring judgment right after. He brought revival through Josiah. He brought revival through Josiah. So it doesn't automatically mean that because the world, oh, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, that may be. But the fact that God has called us to, to appeal to heaven means that revival can come at any moment. I believe that God can have so much grace on a region that he releases all of heaven upon them. That's what happened with Nineveh. Didn't it? The Lord sent Jonah and said, tell them this. They ought to repent because if they don't repent, judgment is coming upon them. We know what happened to Jonah. But when he finally went, what did they do? They repented. They heard the word of God. They heard the word of the Lord and they were struck to their heart. And they and, and they return. They they turn from their wicked ways and embrace the Lord. Yeah. It doesn't automatically mean that judgment's coming to this nation. But I don't care whether it does or whether it doesn't. I'm staying where I'm supposed to, Amen. because God is on the move. Yes. Come on, if you can't sense it in the spirit, I pray that you get you get with the Holy Ghost as much as you can and allow Him to minister to you. We should be excited in the time frame that we are in the church. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. God has so many plans. All I do is can read about it. Read what God wants to do and just makes me, just so pumps me up. To know what God wants to do in the future. We're so worried about the present. But let's keep going. So the Lord begins to, 
the Lord begins to tell him what's going to happen and what's coming. And Habakkuk gets to the point where he says, Lord, when he prayed, the word of God is ignored. If anything else doesn't parallel to the time frame that we're in, it's that. <laughs> you speak the word and suddenly you're public enemy number one. The schools don't want it. The government doesn't want it. We're under attack when it comes to our faith because the law of God is no longer the standard in this nation. We need to stamp them out. How dare you speak that archaic book full of fairy tales? Listen, if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. And I'd rather believe in the book of fairy tales than believe the mess you're trying to feed me in a television tube. So the Lord goes on to tell Habakkuk. He begins, he begins to speak to him what's going to happen. You know what Habakkuk says? He says, you know what? I'm going to stand on my guard post. <laughs> Jesus. And I'm going to station myself on the rampart. And I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me. And how I may reply when I am reproved. You know what, you know what that word means? Station. The Hebrew word for that, and I don't usually look all this up, but I decided to do it. Where's it at? It means, I got lost. <laughs> Give me a minute here. So he said, tell them to look amongst the nation. That, he, that, that word station means yatsab. It means to place, my, to place oneself. That word rampart, I shared with you Wednesday, it's matsor. That means entrenchment. It means siege. It means distress. So Habakkuk was basically saying, you know what? I'm going to place myself right in the middle of it all. And I'm going to stand my guard. And I'm going to station myself. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to seek the face of God. In the middle of all the mess that's going on around me, in the middle of all the toil and all, all the violence and all the destruction surrounding me and everything that the news shows me, I'm going to be the intercessor that God has called me to be and I'm going to place myself right in the middle of the storm and seek the face of God. God hasn't called us to back up and quit. God hasn't called us to run away with our tail tucked between our legs. The last thing we need to do is run away and seek other measures to give us peace when God desires for us to be the intercessors that he has called us to be and beseech heaven until something happens. Right in the middle of it all. And I began to share on Wednesday, some of the greatest soldiers that we have ever encountered was those from World War I. Spent months and years and hours entrenched with 100 to 200 feet between them and the enemy. But they understood that the mere fact that they had breath in their body and that they were in that entrenchment kept the adversary from moving one inch closer to them. One of them would fall and they would replace them with another. And their only purpose and their only position and the only calling that they had was to secure that entrenchment and to secure the line and to make sure that the adversary did not move in an offensive manner forward. Come on. Come on. Some of you need to get back on the prayer wall for your family. That's why your family is under attack. Because you stopped praying. You stopped praying. Lord, would you deal with them, God? You do what you desire to do with them. No, God hasn't called us to that. He has called us to proclaim the word of God. And to say, not one more inch, devil. This is my family that you're messing with. 
God has called us. He's called us. He's called us to do greatness through the word and to just to do greatness through prayer. If he wanted any other means of communication between him and, and us, he would have created it. But guess what? The only way to do it is through communion with God in prayer. How much has the church given up in land between us and the enemy? How much has the church given up? And that's why we're playing defense. We're just trying to play catch up when the Lord wants us to overtake. The Lord wants us to overtake and overrun. Remember he said, what did he say? The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Everybody takes that as, here's my little church and here's my little gate. And that gate's keeping out the adversary. No, I believe it's the gates of hell that are trying to keep us out. And those gates are not going to be anything for the match, for anything to match the church when it truly walks in the calling that God has called to. Put up your walls, put up your gates, put up your fortifications because we come in the name of the Lord, it's going to come down anyways. Come on. Jesus. He said, I'm going to station myself. Listen. Then the Lord begins to speak to Habakkuk after he says, you know what? I'm going to pray and I'm going to wait and I'm going to see what the Lord tells me. I'm going to do what I call to do. I'm going to preach. I'm going to intercede. I'm going to seek the face of God until I get something for him. And the Lord speaks and he says, very familiar scripture, very familiar piece of scripture. Most churches possibly have been built on this. He says, let me get it here in scripture one moment. Where is it at? Chapter 2, verse 1 is when he begins to say, I'm going to stand. Then the Lord responds and says, record the vision. Chapter 2, verse 2, the Lord answered to me and said, record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastened toward the goal and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come and will not delay. As I was reading that, Something stood out to me. He said, it's for an appointed time. There's a certain time where God wants that vision to come to fruition. I always believe when a nation enters sin, the Lord puts in his redemptive plan a space for grace. He does. That's why he told him it's for an appointed time. It's not right now. It's for an appointed time. God has always worked with his people conditionally. If my people who are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways. And what? Then I will hear from heaven. Heal their land. Conditional and always. I believe right now America is in the space of grace. I believe that with all my heart. And listen, no presidential candidate that's coming up can make America great again. Only the blood of Jesus can. <laughs> You know what Habakkuk does right after that? He writes a song and a prayer to the Lord in chapter 3. And he begins to prophesy and he begins to say, Lord, I declare that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. And begins to say, Father, in your mercy, in your judgment, remember mercy. <laughs> he understood, hey, I have time at this moment. Babylon has, hasn't besieged me yet. They're not at the gates of Jerusalem just yet. The southern kingdom. There's still time. There's grace. There's still time for the Lord. <coughs>
to turn from his wrath. I don't know what's coming, but I believe that revival is the first thing that happened. That's what I'm praying. Lord, you sent revival during Josiah's time. You didn't send, you didn't send judgment. You didn't send Babylon. You sent revival. You, you, you raised up a man of God who found the law of God and who reformed that nation in ways that it has never been reformed before. I believe we're at a point where we continue to pray for revival and for awakening. The Lord will send it. But my question to you is, whose vision are you running with? Whose vision are you running? You can come to the instruments if you want to. Whose vision are you running with? You know what the vision of the Lord is? Let me tell you the vision of the Lord. In the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will dream dreams. That's been my prayer for an entire week. Lord, fulfill the second part of Joe chapter 2. Father, you said in the last days you will pour out your spirit upon all flesh. That's the vision of God. That's the vision. That's the vision for this end time. Whose vision are you running with? This might not have been a shouty message, but I believe this is a message that's actually getting to your heart. Whose vision are you running with? Whose vision are you running with? You know what? Problems are going to be there. Newsflash. Sickness, you'll probably deal with it again. Newsflash. Situations, hurt, pain, disobedience in your children. Yeah, you might deal with that. Why? Because that's called life. We blame the devil for something that he didn't even have no part in. Oh, that devil busting my tire while I was driving. No, baby, that's life. That means that you waited too long to change a tire. Well, oh, that devil gave me diabetes. You should have changed your eating years ago. Hello. 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 Anybody? We blame things for the devil. We give him credit with things that he hasn't come against. But one... <laughs> The things that we give to the adversary when God actually gives us wisdoms to change. You know what? All that, that's called life. But you know what Jesus said? Fear not, for I have overcome the world. <laughs> you know what else he says? My peace I give unto you. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Excuse me. We're so used to trying to go here and trying to go there to get relief from something that only Jesus can give to us. <laughs> you need to get your bills paid? Seek my face. Seek the kingdom and everything shall be added unto you. <laughs> everything. You need healing? Let it be as you have believed. What are you believing? What are you saying? Whose vision are you running with? Not only that, but sometimes we're running with the vision of God, but we're not running with the visionary that created the vision. We're running with somebody else that's given us an interpretation that God even desire for us to receive. Come on. If you're a preacher, if you're a pastor, I'm talking about just anybody, even those who are watching online. If your minister doesn't run with the visionary, the father might want to switch some churches. Or try to pray and ask the Spirit of God to lead you where the Father is the visionary over the pastor. And the pastor just says, yes, Lord. And you know what? I'm thankful that we have a pastor and an associate pastor whose sole desire is to please the Father. 
and who so desire as to say, Spirit of God, what do you desire? Not only for my church, but how can we change this region? I said, I'll say it again. There's no Billy Graham here. There's no Rod Parsley here. And you know what? Those are great generals of the faith. Great. There's no Marcus and Joni Lamb. They can't understand the things that us Appalachian people go through. And yes, I say us because I'm part of you. They don't understand what it means for the coal industry to be shut down and for people to be starving. They don't see the kids that come into our schools who the only food they have to eat is the lunch that's served to them. They don't see that. So I would not expect a person like that to be compassionate enough to understand you and me. But you know what? God has placed us here. And we have a first-hand account and eyewitness of what goes on. And you know what? That compassion that's created within us for our own people is what causes us to go before the Lord and say, God, send a revival. Anybody tired of seeing drug addicts walk the street? Anybody tired of seeing prostitutes walking up and down the street not knowing who they really are? Who they really are? You don't got to sell your body. You don't got to take the drug. You're a child of God. Where are the people to tell them that? Where are the people to tell them that? To say God's got a plan for you. God's got a vision for you. God's got a vision for this region. And you know what? You're part of it. Did you receive the word today? Come on, get up on your feet. Come on, begin to cry out to the Lord. Listen, I'm going to open up these altars. If you're dealing with fear and with anxiety of the future, of what's in store, the Lord wants to deliver you from fear today and from anxiety. Listen, just a week ago, and I shared it with a couple of people, but just a week ago, you know, we all went through things. And I was very hesitant on sharing it with just a couple of few. But I was attacked with a panic attack. It was one week, about four o'clock this morning, it's been one week. And I felt like I was about to die. Like I literally felt like I was about to die. I went to Kate and I said, you know what, I love you. And I began to say my goodbye to her. Because the panic that had come upon me and the, and the worry that had come upon me And all I could do was just walk and I began to say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I was preparing myself to meet God. Suddenly, I've never dealt with panic. I've never dealt with fear. I've never dealt with anxiety in my life. But it came upon me. And through the prayers of my pastor and through my leadership and people here, I believe I have victory over it. And you know what? It tried to come upon me again on Wednesday, but I was quick to rebuke it. I said, are you lying devil? I bind you. In the name of Jesus, that is not allowed in my life. Listen, there is freedom today from fear and from anxiety in the future. I don't, that's what I feel in my heart. Listen, one of the best scriptures that I've been sharing on Wednesday that I, that I pray on a daily basis is Colossians chapter three. Lord, my life is hidden in Jesus Christ. Your life is hidden in Jesus Christ. He made you alive with Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us. 
So if you're dealing with fear and anxiety or whatever, just worry. Listen, let me tell you something. How about you turn off the news for about a week? <laughs> turn off the news channel for about a week. And you know what? Don't, I watch CNN and Fox News just to be informed. But it's been about a week since I've wa- I haven't wanted to watch it. Turn off the news for about a week and get into prayer. And say, Lord, I know this world is messed up. But God, what is your desire? Scripture tells me that you are on the move and you're doing something in my day. I want to know what it is. God won't tell us that he's doing something without the Holy Spirit revealing it to us. He will not leave us in the shadows. Listen, I don't want to play catch up when what he's working on comes. I want to be there right in the middle of it. Working with the Father hand in hand. Turn off the news for a week. And seek the face of God. Joe, I don't know if you want to sing something or whatever you want to do. Just be led by the Spirit of God. But I believe this is the holy moment where we should pray. And release fear and anxiety of the future. Listen, I don't care. I mean, well, I really do. I do care a little bit of who takes office. But listen, and, and, and one prayer can change all of that. One prayer can change all of that. And I began to share on Wednesday. And I'm almost done. I began to share one of my favorite scriptures also is Revelation chapter 8 where it talks about the, the cistern that the angel of God had and it was full of the prayers of the saints and incense and scripture says that he took that same cistern he filled it with fire from the altar he cast it upon the earth and there was thunder and lightning you know what happens after that in Revelation 9 history on earth begins to change and I began to share with them Wednesday that's like I believe there's a big bowl in heaven that says Bell County, Kentucky. (laughs) One more prayer can be the prayer that tips the bowl over our region. Come on, church. Don't stop praying now. One more prayer. Will it be yours? Will it be yours? Will it be yours? One more prayer can tip that bowl over our region and change human history for the good. The coal mines can come back. Jobs can be created in this region. Drug addiction can flee under the power of the Holy Spirit. Prostitution can be broken. Perversion can be broken. Human history can change through the intercession of the people of God. One more prayer can tip that bowl over. We're not in competition, church. God uses all of our prayers for his arsenal, Jill's, Dwayne's, Calvin's, mine, Justin, Pastors, Greg's, Gina's, all of them. He puts them together. And when, without, you know, when he began to talk about the Babylonians, he began to say, you know what? They're swift and they're mighty. Not because he was trying to scare, but he, he was trying to say how fast his work was going to be against Israel. So in a moment, God can swiftly change history in this nation he can change history in this region he can change everything else for the good if you would like to know more about our father's house and upcoming events log on to our father's house ky.org